Hey friends, before we get to this week's episode, we have a couple of great things coming up this month at Redemption Hill that we want to share with you. All the details for these you can find on the website that's linked in the show notes. First, we have All Be Home for Christmas, a hand-spun, homemade family Christmas show. This will be December 22nd at the Basque Center downtown at 6 p.m. This event is sponsored by Boise Turnkey Real Estate, and all the proceeds will go to support Leap Housing. You can bring your whole family and you can RSVP at the Facebook event, also linked in the show notes. This year, we'll be doing two Christmas Eve services in conjunction with Discovery Church. Those will take place at 3.30 p.m. and 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. We hope to see you there. Now, enjoy today's episode. Well, good morning, Redemption Hill. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Andrew. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And I don't know about you guys, but I've really been enjoying this time of meeting in microchurches. Our microchurch is new, and so I'm getting a lot of extra time on Sundays uh, just to hang out, share a meal, and get to know the other members of my microchurch better. I like them all. kind of have to say that because I'm sitting with them watching this right now. Um, So... Yeah, maybe you're watching with your microchurch. Hope you guys are having a great time. Maybe you're watching it by yourself. Uh, regardless, grateful that you're tuning in. Um, so this is week three of Advent, and we are going to read from Luke chapter 2 and verses 8 through 15. <clears throat> that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. There's a few parts of this story that I want to focus on today. Um, And the first one is just the context. Um, The context in which this story happened was one of oppression. Rome had been ruling over this region for about 60 years. Um, And so there was this expectancy, uh, this hope for relief, specifically uh, for a Messiah to come and set the people free. I don't know if you guys are Star Wars fans, uh, but I'm a bit of a Star Wars nerd, and recently a series came out on Disney Plus called Andor. I won't give any spoilers this morning, um, but the story happens in uh, before Star Wars: A New Hope, which is the original Star Wars movie that came out way back in the day, takes place. And uh, throughout this series, you can see um, on this planet of Ferrix, where a lot of the story happens. 
the presence of the empire increasing. And you can see it start to bug the people more and more and more. They don't feel safe in their streets. Um, they're, they're afraid of violence. They're strangers on their own planet. They live in fear. Um, and when I think about that series, uh, I think a lot about what it was like maybe for the Jewish people in the first century. Um, so if you have a hard time picturing what Israel was like, maybe picture Roman soldiers in stormtrooper helmets. I don't know if that's theologically correct or not. But that was sort of the context. Um, it was angsty. They were, they were living under oppression. Uh, the second thing are the characters in the story. The shepherds. If you do a lot of, if you do research on this story um, and what the life of a shepherd was like, you'll find a lot of different things. Um, one of the more popular ideas is that uh, these shepherds were societal and religious outcasts, um, that they were associated with thieves and criminals. Uh, they weren't really welcome inside uh, the city. They were looked down upon. And they were sort of this ragtag bunch of uh, smelly dudes. Um, which could be true. I, I read another story, uh, or another scholar who actually believes that these shepherds were likely actually children. Um, if you, it makes sense actually if you think back to the story of David. Um, David was the youngest of all his brothers, and he was out in the field attending to the flocks. And when uh, when Samuel comes looking for the one of Jesse's sons who might be king, they think surely it's not the youngest kid who's out tending the flocks. It's not David. The scholar actually believes that not only were they potentially children, but they, but they may have been young girls because in the Middle East, young girls are often given the task of watching over the sheep and doing the shepherding. Regardless, it was a big announcement, a big moment to a very surprised and surprising group of people. There's a connection that's start, starting to reveal itself in the story of Jesus already before he's even born. So far in the birth narrative of Jesus, we have a few characters. We have Joseph, a young tradesman, a carpenter, more likely even a construction worker, uh, who has not made much of himself at this point. There's a teenage girl named Mary who, who's been given this promise that she's going to carry the Messiah in her womb. And there is this group of shepherds, whether they were children or societal outcasts, regardless, there's a theme running through this narrative uh, that it's, it's the lowly that the announcement is given to. It's only the lowly who know that this is even happening. It's the oppressed, maybe even the marginalized. Um, this theme actually continues uh, throughout this story. Um, when the, when the shepherds eventually arrive to see Mary and Jesus and Joseph, where are they but in a cave that's being used as a barn? It's full of animals, smelly animals, animal feces. Jesus is born in an animal feeding trough. This is not a beautiful, pretty nativity scene. Um, it's a story about marginalized and oppressed people who were expectant for good news, and now they're receiving it. 
This theme doesn't just continue in the birth story of Jesus, though. It continues throughout the entire life and ministry of Jesus. Jesus often finds himself with notorious sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes. The disciples that he chooses to follow him, many of them are basically the equivalent of high school dropouts. There's tax collectors who were reviled by society. There's even rebels, uh, people who were seeking to make war against the Roman Empire. This is part of Jesus' inner circle. And ultimately, after he rises from the dead and he's in the garden, who does he give the news to but the women who had no, whose witness and testimony had no standing in a court of law? God is consistently in this story choosing people who are lowly, who are unexpected, who are often forgotten and left out. Jesus basically tells us as much a few chapters later in Luke chapter 6 when he says straight up, the kingdom of God belongs to the poor. It's not gray. It's not fuzzy. He's to the point. The kingdom of God belongs to the poor. The response of the shepherds when they hear this announcement of the Messiah is one of joy. Good news that brings great joy to all people. And I think that when we hear this story, when I hear this story, so often my first response is, how amazing, like how amazing that God would include the poor that God would include the marginalized, the outcast, the forgotten, the left out. But the reality is, is that this is incredibly common throughout all of Scripture, especially in the New Testament, especially in the Gospels and life of Jesus. In fact, it's, it's so common that it's common sense. What's spectacular when we really look at the story is not that God would include the poor, but it's that God would include me. It's that God would include many of us who are tuned in today. As an American man living in the 21st century, I'm wealthy. I'm wealthier than 90 99.999% of people who've ever lived on this planet. I am materially rich. It's a miracle that I'm included. Again, Jesus doesn't really hide this reality. In fact, he says in Matthew 19 that it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God than it is for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. His disciples assume, well, it must be impossible then. But he says that with God, all things are possible. My response, our response to this reality that we are included in the kingdom that belongs to the poor should be one of joy and celebration. This is all possible. Why? Because Jesus humbled himself to be born in an animal's feeding trough, a dirty, musty cave with barn animals. He humbled himself even to the point of the cross. Hebrews 12 says that Jesus endured the cross, disregarding its shame, 
because of the joy set before him. And now, because of who he was and what he did, I can disregard my own shame and receive the same joy. I can partake, participate in the same joy that Jesus did, that these shepherds did on a night so, so long ago. I love Christmas. It's one of my favorite holidays. Um, I'm a big tradition guy. Um, there are like certain movies that I have to watch every year. One of my favorites is It's a Wonderful Life. I watch it every year on Christmas Eve and cry. Um, every year, I always get emotional. One year I missed all of that. I missed Christmas. Um, it was one of the very few Christmases that I've been away from my family. I was in Uganda. It was my first trip to Uganda. And I remember being in a room full of kids, um, many of them HIV positive, many without family. Uh, they have no idea who their parents are. And they just live in this home together as family. And we all shared in a giant batch of fish soup, which was a treat. The fish heads were in there and everything. You could look down and see the eyes the whole deal. And I remember one of the biggest things, one of the, the biggest joys on that day was the fact that they were drinking soda out of a glass bottle. Such a simple thing that we would overlook. We anticipate, you know, the gifts that we're going to get on Christmas morning and such a joyful experience. And here these kids are with a glass bottle of soda, no presents, and they're full of joy, singing songs about Jesus. And on that Christmas morning, I, I celebrated Christmas with those to whom the kingdom of God belongs. What a joy that we get to participate in the kingdom because of the very announcement that the shepherds received. Good news that brings great joy to all people. We can look forward to Revelation 5, where we see people from all tribes and tongues and nations singing praise to God. You know, I think so often we think that material wealth will bring us joy. I know I do. I succumb to that so often. Um, if you don't think you're that way, just look at your Amazon order history. I can look at my Amazon order history and remember the anticipation that I felt when I clicked buy it now and how much better my life would be if I had that thing. But the reality is, is that a lot of that stuff, I don't even use it anymore. In fact, all the things we buy, it's the stuff of future garage sales. All the things we open up on Christmas morning, eventually it's going to be in a dump somewhere. Material wealth is not the key to joy, uh, but often it can be an obstacle to joy. Material wealth can be an obstacle to our experience of the kingdom. But because of Jesus, we're set free. 
We're set free from pursuing material wealth, from thinking that that will bring us joy. We're set free from the striving and working to gain success and status. And we can just celebrate that we're included in the kingdom. <laughs> that in that scene in Revelation 5, that we're invited. And that that is the miracle, that the good news that brings great joy is for all people. And we're included in that. We can experience the same joy that the shepherds felt on that night so long ago when they received that announcement. Let's pray. God, I'm so grateful that we're included. Here we are 2,000 years later on the opposite side of the world. I'm not Jewish by birth. I'm not poor or marginalized. Yet God, because of Jesus' humility, his enduring the cross, his willingness to be born into such a humble life and because this endurance of suffering that now I can partake in that joy. I can enter into the kingdom. We can, we're all invited if we're willing to humble ourselves. God, I don't know many of the people who are listening today, but I know that many are struggling to experience joy. That joy right now for many of us might be hard to find. And so God, I pray that you will stir up in us, in each person watching, a sense of joy. That you will remind us of the things to be grateful for. And that your hope and your peace and your presence and your kingdom will overcome whatever it is that we're facing, whatever sadness, whatever difficulty, whatever experiences, maybe even whatever material wealth seems to be distracting us or zapping our joy, God. I pray that we will be a people who experiences your joy on a regular basis. We love you, and we anticipate with the rest of your people all across the world today not only your birth and the celebration of Christmas, but your second coming and the fullness of your kingdom. All honor and glory and power to you, Jesus. In your name, amen. All right, guys, uh, do not forget, we've got coming up a lot of things to look forward to. We have uh, the Homespun Christmas show coming up uh, at the Bass Center. Really looking forward to that. Um, and we also have Christmas Eve service, a couple Christmas Eve services happening at Discovery. So make sure to check your email uh, and Instagram for all those times and details. But look forward to seeing you there. Hope you guys enjoy your time together. Uh, have a blessed day. Thanks again for listening. Make sure to subscribe to get the weekly episodes in your podcast feed. You can find out more on how to get connected with Redemption Hill at redemptionboise.org slash connection where you can fill out the Connect card and start your journey today. For regular encouragement throughout the week, follow us on Instagram at Redemption Voice. We are so glad you're here and are excited to accompany you in your story with God. We hope to see you soon.